It's the ultimate question. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? Why are you here? What does it add up to? What is good for you to do under the sun while you're here? Why? What is the meaning of life? Spoiler alert. Before he tells you about the way that he went about his experiment, the preacher tells you the result. There isn't any. It's all just breath. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. Like Vicar said, we are starting a brand new sermon series this morning on the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, you're going to see it's challenging, it's difficult, and you're going to see that from the very outset. I, I do want to just one note before I actually read what the preacher, that's what he calls himself here, he calls himself the preacher, what the preacher says to you about life. Um, the NIV translation, which we read here at, at Peace, um, translates the, the Hebrew word um, hevel as meaninglessness, meaninglessness, but the actual Hebrew word is, is breath. So even though it's translated meaninglessness, I'm actually going to say the word breath because I want you to pick up on the poetic resonances of that. Here's what the preacher says. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But uh, that also proved to be breath. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I, I built houses for myself and and planted vineyards. I made gardens and, and parks and, and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and, and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was breath, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. 
This is God's word. Breath. It goes in and out. It goes in and out. Breath, we, we barely think about it. When we do think about it, we can actually hear it rushing in and out of our esophagus. We can hear it in our inner ear, breath. It's so light, so airy, so ephemeral, so nothing. Breath. I should maybe point out for the sake of contemporary communication so we understand what's going on here, what exactly this is. This is what we call phenomenological qualitative research on a human subject. <laughs> it's phenomenological because it's trying to get a gauge on the human experience. It's qualitative because it can't be quantitative. You can't take the human experience and put it into tables of math. And it's research on a human subject. That's exactly what this is. The preacher says, come now, I will test you. <laughs> He's doing research. This is actually what we call technically research. People kind of throw around the term. They say, I did research, when they actually did technically no such thing. What they did is read a blog. <laughs> what they did is Google something. What they did is watch something on YouTube. It's not research at all. They, they, we use the term research because we want it to sound more impressive than it actually is. <laughs> it wasn't research, it was reading. Fair enough. This was research. Because he actually went and he asked a question, and he developed the data, and he came up with the answer. It's honest-to-goodness research on a human participant. I'm trying, I'm trying to help you see this because I want you to see that this is, this is valid research. This is good research. It's important Research, it's the kind of thing that, that if we did it today, we'd have to have an IRB and we'd have to do it under a qualified institution. That's a good thing because you should never mess with people's lives. Human lives have dignity. You don't want to just mess with them in an experiment. And so we put it under IRBs, under a qualified institution these days. And see, the deal is that this guy was his own IRB and he was in his own institution because he's the king and so he can do it. And it turns out that he was willing to be the own subject in his own experiment. A decades-long experiment. And here's the deal. He's asking the ultimate question. He's asking, not, this isn't hyperbole from the pastor to get your attention. This is honestly the ultimate question under the sun. I was watching uh, Disney Plus the other day. Sometimes I like to go on there. I like to watch the Disney shorts. I like to watch the shorts because the shorts have a, a dense message and not a lot of time, so I can figure out what people are thinking out there in the world, and so I'm watching this short. 
It's a short where they take you and they put you in this astral, sort of starry, cosmic setting. And it was a story about what Disney thinks happens to these pre-existent souls before they get into put, put into human bodies. And so there's what, the story is about these starry astral beings who guide these pre-existent souls into understanding their purpose because then if they have a purpose, then they can go and get a human body on earth. So it's a story about that. Finally, you get to the punchline. You get to the closing scene. And the closing scene goes like this. There are these starry astral beings and one starry astral being says to the other starry astral being, I do hope that that soul finds the meaning of life. And the other being says, come now, you know the meaning of life? You don't know? (laughs) Nobody ever told me. What is it? Well, it's quite simply this. The meaning of life is, and the screen goes dark, and the credits roll. It's the ultimate question. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? Why are you here? What does it add up to? What is good for you to do under the sun while you're here? Why? What is the meaning of life? Spoiler alert. Before he tells you about the way that he went about his experiment, the preacher tells you the result. There isn't any. It's all just breath. He tells you nothing works. He says, laughter didn't work. I tried laughter. I watched SNL every Saturday night. I brought comics in. I tried laughter, joviality. It didn't work. He said, in the end, I found that laughter is madness. That's not to say that laughter isn't healing. We think it is. Sometimes we even say that laughter is the best medicine. I agree. It's great medicine. It's also insane. If we use laughter to try to escape the the injustice and the pain in this life, it's insanity. How can we laugh when there are children in this world who have nothing to eat? That's not medicine. That's madness. He said, I tried it, it didn't work. Wine didn't work either. He tried it. I mean, he really tried it. I think he really tried it. I, I imagine he stayed up at nights. He got the best of wines. He stayed up late and he started feeling good. I mean, he started feeling wink really good. But he brought his heart along with him. And he woke up the next morning with a headache. And he said to himself, that didn't work either. 
Laughter didn't work. He said wine doesn't work. And then, and then he stops evaluating what he tried altogether. He just lifts it off. He just lifts it off. He assumed that you're going to understand what he's talking about. He says laughter doesn't work and wine doesn't work and all these other things that I tried it didn't work. Art didn't work. He says possessions didn't work. Sex didn't work. Work didn't work. Affirmation didn't work. Art didn't work. Nature didn't work. Nothing worked. I tried it all. It didn't work. It was all just breath. I suppose we can think it out with him. Like take art, for example. Art doesn't work. You can take an art, you can have a moment with it, you can escape, and then you're right back into the real world. That's why Netflix works the way it does. You watch one show, you just got to watch another one. They make one show, they've got a bazillion more. It's hard for me to even go on Netflix. There's too much content. Art doesn't work. Sex doesn't work either. This guy had his harem. It didn't work. We've had, since the 60s and the 70s, a sexual revolution. People these days, you can swipe right or left or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Are people happier today in our country? Is sex working? I mean, next question, please. Doesn't work. How about career? Does career work? If you actually get to the top of the ladder, if you get, most people never do. If you actually get there, does it, does it work? Does it honestly work? Do your projects work? Does affirmation work? Does money work? Does any, do rich people ever get enough money? Do you ever get enough money? Does it ever work? Does anything ever work? Or is the preacher right? And it's all just breath. I want you to think about it. Whether his experiment is valid for you. I can say this for my part. Sorry for the Disney quotes, but there's a movie called Zootopia. I've got a nine-year-old daughter, sorry. And the theme song of the movie Zootopia is Try Everything. <laughs> Try Everything, Shakira sings it. Try Everything, they sing. I, of course, I'm hearing this song, they're saying Try Everything, and I'm thinking to myself, but you can't. You can't. Nobody can. At least we can. You try everything. You, the, the most we can do is try some things. It's the most, most of those things, we can't even try that well. But look at the preacher. The, the preacher can do Zootopia. Why can he do Zootopia? Because he told us he's the king. He's the son of David. He owns everything. Is this a valid experiment? Didn't he just do the experiment we can never do? See, the best art that we can consume on a daily basis, we can go out there and we can do Netflix, but he just hires Michelangelo. That's art. 
we can try career, we can spend our whole lives trying to climb the ladder and people do and most of the time you never even really get there. He's already on top of the game. He's the king. We can swipe right or left, whichever one it is. He's got a harem. Try everything. We can try some things and most of those things we can't try very well. But he tried everything. That's what he told you. He said, I tried everything. I did everything for decades. I tried it all. I tried it really good. He's not, he's not sipping on wine from Aldi. Everything. There's a, there's a, a guy, a thinker, by the name of Dr. Zach Eswine. He says very correctly that there are actually only nine activities under the sun that you can try. <laughs> Did you know that? There's not limitless options when it comes to trying to find meaning under the sun. There's just nine things you can try. Just nine. He's right. You can try money, affirmation, art, work, nature, and try sex. Try wine, you can try laughter. That's it. The preacher tried everything. And he tried it all. And he came to this conclusion. It's all just breath. But I think you knew that already. I think you did. Disney can be glib about it. They can show you a short, have the screen go blank and roll the credits. But we already knew it. It was always there rimming our consciousness. What's the point? Why? What does all of it add up to in the end? If I do all this stuff, isn't it true that it's just a chasing after the wind, that, I would just, that if I just do this, I'm like in Oklahoma and I'm trying to race the tumbleweeds? You see, it turns out that in our hearts, we already know it's true. It's all just wind. And none of us are kites. I remember it was a few years ago when I actually had one of my members tell me the truth about that. Most people aren't brave enough to say it out loud like the preacher does. She told me that, that the reason why she did what she did in her life is so that she never had to look at the deeper truth. Everything she was doing, she, most of it was just distracting herself on her phone so that she didn't have to look at the deeper ache. None of it meant anything. She said, I just didn't want to think about my own thoughts. I can't 
get you to agree with the preacher today. But I can pray that you will. Some of you are just distracting yourselves in your lives. That's why you work so hard. You don't want to think about it. Some of you, it's why you go out on the weekends and it's why you do what you do. Why you will mindlessly watch Netflix. But here it is. Bring your heart to your own life like the preacher did. Look at it with wisdom. What does it all add up to? The preacher says, it's all just breath. Nice sermon, Pastor. <laughs> you know, I'm inspired now. <laughs> I get it. It's one of the reasons why I believe the Bible's God's word, because it's just so true. <laughs> Achingly true. The way that it can cut through the facade, pour out the wine, take away your experience and say, what's the point? It's just so true. Still, I want to point something out to you about this preacher. He obviously doesn't think that everything, absolutely everything, is meaningless. You know how you can tell? He wrote you a book. He, he actually, he's actually blowing wind and he doesn't think that it's hot air. He's preaching to you. He doesn't think that everything, absolutely everything, is meaningless because he actually has something to say. Now, he, he doesn't right away tell you what that is. But he does hint at it. He says, I did Zootopia. I tried everything. My heart was guiding me. I didn't deny myself anything. I was wanting to see what's good. He said, I didn't find a final foundation for my life. I didn't find the ultimate meaning. But here's what I did find in my research. I found out that I did enjoy my work. That was the reward of my labor. This is what he's saying. This is, I, I didn't find I didn't find the ultimate foundation. I didn't find that. I didn't, I didn't find the ultimate meaning of my life under the sun. But what I did find is that godly sex and good art and great food and a good bottle of wine and, and companionship and affirmation, all of them are blessings. But what they will never be, he says, is the blesser. All of the gifts, all of the gifts, all of the gifts in the creation, they are gifts, but what they will never ever be, what they will never be, is the giver. Many of you know this about me, that I love to run. I've always loved to run. I suppose I always will. 
And so one of my favorite movies is uh, Chariots of Fire. And it's a movie, if you've never watched it before, about two runners, two British runners. One of them, is, his name is Abraham, Abraham's, and the other one is Little. And Abraham's, he runs to run. He runs to be great. But Little's. Well, just before a race, his girlfriend, who's a Christian, she writes him a note. And the note gets to him just before he gets down into the blocks. And, and the note reads, the old book says, I will honor he who honors me. And he takes the note and he puts it in his hand and he gets down into the blocks and the gun goes off. And Littles runs. I love that scene. The music is playing. And behind the run, you can hear Littles narrating his own race. He says, God made me for a purpose. And he also made me fast. He says, when I run... I feel his pleasure. And you watch him and the crowd goes wild. They're screaming and he doesn't care. You can just see on his face the joy and the agony mixed on his face as he pushes for the finish line and he comes around the corner of this 400 meter race. He's in the home stretch and he's winning and he throws back his head. And he sucks in the air and Abraham's watches him and he can't get it. He doesn't understand. Because this man was running for God. This man knew what it was to live. I want to take you full circle now. See, I'm a preacher too. And so I know this preacher's gig. One of the things that you have to do to people is you have to take the things away from them that they're trying to live on that they will never be able to live on. So he takes them away. He says, I tried it all. I did Zootopia. I did the art. I did the sex. I did the career. I did the building projects. I did everything. I did everything. And I did it better than you're ever going to be able to do it. I did the valid experiment that you'll never be able to do. I did it and it didn't work. He wants us to live a different life with him. He wants us to see what he has come to see. He wants us to get it. In fact, let me say this to you. Do you realize that God in your chasing is honestly chasing you? That's why you never arrive. 
That's why always under the surface, as much as you chase these things in your life that you never actually arrive there, you just chase and you chase and you chase so that you get this niggling feeling in your soul that you haven't got what life is really about. In your chasing, God is chasing you so that you get it. That's not what life is about. There's more to life. There is God. There is God. See, here's the truth. When we broke the creation, we not only turned our own lives to breath, but something more fundamental happened. We also broke our relationship with the giver, with the blesser, with the creator of everything so that we chase the creation instead of the creator. But the blessed one, the blesser, he has not allowed that brokenness to rule the day. I think of a Christmas lyric. It goes like this. Who is God that he would take our frame? The artisan inside the paint. The one who breathes the very air his breath creates. The architect inside the plan. Jesus is the laughter of our souls. He is the greater Jacob. The one who allows us to laugh not in the madness of it all, but at the improbability of the joy of life so much more than this. Jesus is the alcohol of our spirits that lifts us up to God, loved and forgiven. Jesus is God's art, the masterpiece of all of creation. Jesus is Nature, not nature here, but God's exact nature, assuming human form. Jesus is our possession by faith. He is the work of our salvation, God with us and, and God for us. Jesus is life. In fact, let me put it like this. By his resurrection, Jesus isn't breath. He takes them forever. Today we begin. Today we, we begin this, this challenging, strange journey into the book of Ecclesiastes. It's going to challenge you. The first thing that we have to do is we have to give up what we think we know about what life means and what life's about under the sun. You've got to pour out the wine bottles. You've got to 
dump out your pleasures. You've got to quit on that. It's not going to do it for you. If you chase those things with your life, a tumbleweed's going to outpace you. You are not a kite. You will come up empty forever. But when you leave that behind and you see that there is so much more to life, that there is God, that there is Christ, you'll see it. Take the journey into Ecclesiastes with the Son of the Blessed One, Jesus Christ, and you're going to see. You will see that when you leave your life behind for Him, you will find your life. A life that is meaningful, a life that is so much more than the screen goes dark and the credits roll. A life that lasts. Here's my last comment for today. Breathe out that old life where you try to make meaning here. Breathe it out. And then breathe in with Eric Little. You run a race too. And God made you for a purpose. Breathe it in. Realize that your life with Him is so much more than a breath. It goes on forever. And when you realize that, Throw back your head and suck in the joy because that means something. Let's pray. Take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name, but his love abides forever through eternal years the same. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross my trust shall be, till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Amen.